Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Uh-huh. I just feel like I've been around the block Ripping up fantasy stock Working around the clock Look at the view from the top Researching rookies a lot No, I just be listening to pods Yeah, one in particular I'm just a messenger Let me just pass on the rock Browning, brunning, bruning Pronouncing ain't what he's doing What he's doing is not losing But infusing you with new things And there's Dennis the Bennett Yeah the man is a menace, yeah. Building a dynasty, some of the finest things. Promise you, you won't regret it. Mm. Slice a fox, cultured in pop. Give him his props. Here is a thought, here is a box. And you cannot compare him at all, so don't even try. Careful with the news, but when you use a take, I take up Tony Fire. I mean dire, because anyone else is a huge mistake. Whoa. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Yeah. Fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Hey. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Whoa. Fantasy round table come take a look at the crown baby go hello and welcome to another episode of the fantasy football round table podcast it is friday it is week 10 allegedly there was a game last night dennis and i will be talking about that game in a minute and the rest of the week 10 action matt will be joining us in a few minutes as well but before we dive in dennis how did you survive your week well we're supposed to get snow tomorrow. It was like 74 two days ago. It's been raining since last night, and it's supposed to be snow tomorrow. I mean, welcome to Ohio. You know, everything else is kind of just cruising along. It's daylight savings time. Now I wake up and it's dark. I walk outdoors and it's dark. I walk indoors, it's still dark. It seems like it seems like I'm living in Middle Earth or something. I don't know. Yeah, this is kind of the time of year where if you have a, a true adult job like we have, you might as well be living in Alaska uh, in the winter because you're not really going to see the sunshine that much. It has been, I, my time has been all thrown off because we traveled and the, you know we came to a different time zone. We went to a different country over last weekend and the time change happened. So I don't know if I'm coming or going. I just know. Went to a different country. Well, is the the tip of Mexico? So. Just the tip. <laughs> Just the tip. Well, that seems like a fair transition for uh, last night's game, which was just the tip of an actual football game. The Carolina Panthers held serve and won 25 to 15 over the Falcons, who actually came in as the division leader in the NFC South. 
Dennis, the Falcons are now four and six. As I mentioned, they're not really totally out of anything, but Marcus Mariota has been okay. Passing game hasn't been incredible. I know you got to play Mariota last night because we're all worried about Josh Allen, but do you think it's time for them to think about giving Desmond Ritter a shot? I mean, I think it is time, but on the other hand, they're like not, they're like, they're going to, if what Tampa Bay wins and they're still only one game out of first place, right? And Tampa Bay, not the team I'm picking. <laughs> so I, I, on the, I, I want to say, yes, they should be playing Ritter because come on, who are we kidding here? Um, but on the other hand, I mean, they're, they're still in it. So I, I don't know that, uh, you know, it's hard to fault a decision when you're in it. Going with the veteran quarterback who isn't playing great, but plays a style of football that has generally kept them, kept them in games, except the Cincinnati game, I think. So they're playing a lot of close games. They're eking some out. Um, you know, they did get Cordero Patterson back yesterday. Uh, unfortunately, they're, and they're then not, they hardly played him. I, I know. And, and it, it's a wild situation there with, with everything. I mean, we've all expected it to be a rebuild. And it's hard to, you know, I've got some dynasty teams that I am in rebuild. I've got a dynasty team in rebuild that's six and three. I'm like, how the hell am I supposed to rebuild if this team keeps winning games? I'm like in fifth place. I'm like 250 or 300 points behind the other top five teams. It's like, I'm not going anywhere. But my team just kind of keeps, I get everybody's, you know, people aren't taking me serious. And their lineups are giving, uh, giving me victories that I just don't want. <clears throat> And I think that's happening to Atlanta. Um, I don't know. It'll be interesting to uh, take a look at uh, what the, the quarterback situations are going to be here, who the far, um, because there's not a lot of it, it's, there's going to be some definite uh, lack of talent on teams next year, too. Yeah. And that's kind of how I feel about. Uh, you know, I would like to see Desmond Ritter um, just because I'm curious to see him. I don't think Atlanta thought they were going to be in first place at this point in the season going into this game. I don't think any of it. I thought Atlanta was cruising for like another top five pick. Their division has just been so bad. Mariota hasn't played terrible, but I, I would like to see Ritter. I'm, I'm guessing you, uh, Matt, has joined us. I'm guessing you would actually like to see Desmond Ritter too. I would. Um I still think we will see Ritter at some point. I mean, they can't keep winning, right? Well, they're going to fall behind. Tampa's going to win the division. The the weird thing is, like, they're 15th right now for a draft pick. Like, they're not that high up. And I, I know the NFL probably, at least from their word and rumors of, of the kind of people plugged into the draft community, have a different opinion than I do on how good the quarterbacks are in this class, but I would be surprised if even a 
I think Will Levis probably goes third. So you're probably looking at Hendon Hooker. Like maybe Hooker's available around that range, but how much better is he than Desmond Ritter? I wouldn't say a ton personally. So like, I, I think they've got to throw him out there at some point just to see what they have. So they know if they need to go in the first round and grab a Hendon Hooker, or Will Levis, depending on where they, cause even, you know, I know they haven't had their buy yet. So even if they, you know, lose a couple more games, like they're not going to jump up. Like they're not going to move up to a top five pick, at least the way it looks right now. So you're going to have to do something to get one of these quarterbacks. I just got to keep losing. Well, uh, the next team, the Carolina Panthers decides we've been waiting all this time to draft a quarterback. YOLO, let's win some games. The Panthers now, they had only one win when they fired their head coach. They're now three and seven, which feels laughable, but they're like a game and a half out of first right now in their own division. Matt, I'll start with you. We've t- you you've mentioned a few times you don't love this quarterback class. Yep. Are the Panthers being kind of dumb to potentially play themselves out of a top three pick? Yes. Um, well, I guess that kind of depends on where they. Carolina is just a mess. I think so. I would think you'd probably want to be one on if one would be the best option or two. So you have a chance to get one of the top two quarterbacks. Don't know what they're going to do coaching wise. I imagine they're, they're blowing everything up as soon as the season's over. So you bring in a new GM, a new head coach, and then you kind of let them decide, you know, pick your own adventure. If you're at number one, do I want to go Bryce Young or do I want to go CJ Stroud? But at least two where it may not be a pick your own adventure, but at least you're kind of getting to do that. And that you get to pick at least one of those two guys. Um, even if they get three, I don't think Will Anderson's a bad journey to go down. Uh, but I would think if you really wanted to start over and rebuild your franchise, starting with that key piece, which is quarterback, you'd want a top two pick so that you could have one of those guys. Yeah, it's it's tough for Carolina because if they do, if they are back far enough, you know, they're going to have to go free agent quarterback again. Because I, I don't think Levis or Hooker are – I mean, they're probably they're better than Davis Mills, probably. And he seems to have came out and grabbed a hold of the Houston job, but I don't think people are expecting him to hold that job a long time. So they're gonna have, you know, maybe they go Jimmy Garoppolo, maybe they go Ryan Tannehill. You know, they try to do this veteran thing and build from the inside out. And, and stuff, you know, they because they've got some talented players at, at skill positions. I mean, technically not as talented as they were before trading Christian McCaffrey, but um, Dante Foreman looks good. DJ Moore still performed and doing well. You know, they've, they've got some, some players that are – Terrace Marshall Jr. is coming on. So I think and Carolina – Savior and LaVisca Chenault. Yeah, yeah. It's, so they're going to be in a tough spot because they're not going to be bad enough to get a top pick either. And I don't know if you, I, I feel like maybe after last year, teams are going, hey, we either go elite quarterback or we wait. Because last year, a lot of people, I think, expected more than Pickett to go just because teams were 
have a history of pushing quarterbacks up. And really nobody did last year. And, and maybe we see that trend continue this year. Well, and the big unknown for Carolina too, is they took Matt Corral, who was obviously a third round pick last year. And we won't even get to see him play this year. I think there's potentially a huge turnover at, at quarterback. I would not be surprised if Brady, Rogers, Ryan, and even Stafford were looking at hanging it up after this year. You know, some of those veteran guys who've battled injuries and inefficiency could be quite an interesting QB landscape. Well, for next year. God, probably Carolina. They've tried, they've tried everyone else. Gardner Minshew. On to week 10. Uh, we have another international game. We're no longer in London. This time we are going to Germany. And we sent the Seattle Seahawks, who are 6-3, and three, to face the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who are 4-5. and five. Both these teams come into the game as division leaders. Uh, Dennis, the tight end position has been somewhat brutal this season, but we've seen Noah Fant picking it up of late, developing a connection with Geno Smith. Are you starting to feel better about him as a starting option? You know, I need to see Fant keep putting distance between himself, Wilt, and Will Disley. Now, Disley has three tight end one games so far on the season. Fant only has one. Uh, he's tight end 16 over the last five weeks and tight end 20 on the season. Um, you know, he's he's clearly the better athlete. And you like to see him with the ball in his hand. He's fast. But... I want to see them get him consistent opportunities. I mean, hell, even Colby Parkinson has had a tight end one game. <laughs> Poor Noah Fan. Poor Noah Fan. Although he may have ended up with a better quarterback. It's yeah. hard to tell. Uh, Matt, you know, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, we love them as potential talents, but it has not been a robust passing game this year. Are they still locks as top 24 options for you at wide receiver? I do think they'll end up finishing there. Um, just because I feel like the whole fantasy season has been extremely weird. And, and I think everybody's kind of been down. It's just been one of those seasons. Um, I think Godwin and, and probably more because of the fact that he missed a couple games would be the one I don't think. Um, I because I don't think he gets the touchdowns like Evans will or will continue to do, probably finishes outside the top 24. But at the end of the day, I think they both will because, Matt, I mean, we obviously talked a little bit on Wednesday. We expect them to eventually kind of put this together a little bit more and win the, and win the division. And to do that, I would expect this offense to get a little bit better. And to do that, I think those two will take the step forward because they're the best options uh, still on the team. Yeah, I'm hoping – Buffalo or uh, Tampa Bay makes a run at some point, but I'm not picking it this week. I'm taking the Seahawks. Same. Me as well. Who would have thought the Seahawks would go to Germany and be the better of the teams? Uh, On to what was looking at one point like it might be one of the best games of the weekend, which is the seven and one Minnesota Vikings have the second best record in the NFL at the six and two Buffalo Bills. A little bit of a, a down note with potentially no Josh Allen, but we'll get that in a minute. Matt, Justin Jefferson and TJ Hawkinson seem to be doing uh, 
pretty well in getting targets. How does that leave you feeling about KJ Osborne and Adam Thielen? The dead. Uh, I just don't, <laughs> I just don't see anything from him. I mean, we talked a little bit about this uh, on the trade deadline show, right? When, when Hawkinson went over there, we were like, maybe this could work out for Hawkinson because KJ Osborne, I know is a guy we both thought could be something this year. He's done nothing. Um, Adam Thielen, I still think has got some value, but like he's, if you, you know, watch those medical TV shows, like my wife loves to, I love watching them with it. It's like that moment where like they're staring at that. It's like flat lines, like boop, like boop. They're like, just barely, barely trying to, okay, there's the, what's it called? It's got some sight. He's got sinus. Let's bring him back to life. Like that's where Adam Thielen's at. Unfortunately, it's, it's not great. Um, I think it's all going to be Hawkinson and Jefferson. Um, you're, if, if you've got Osborne or Thielen, you're hoping, or I'm hoping for you that it's a best ball league and that you're not having to decide whether or not to start them. And they'll just be plugged in the weeks that they are good because I don't think it's going to be often. I took so many shares of Osborne at the end of redraft leagues thinking yeah. that was like a genius pick. It happens. I'm Dennis. With you. It's embarrassing. On the flip side, Josh Allen dealing with that uh, elbow injury they still, as far as the last update I saw, haven't completely ruled him out, but it's not seemingly looking good. If he plays, how are you feeling? If it's Case Keenum, how are you feeling about Buffalo's receivers? Well, it's certainly a downgrade. Um, I think Keenum is going to be serviceable. They, you know, he's Keenum is the type of veteran backup that you want in the NFL. So he's going to go in. He's smart enough to get the ball to Stephon Diggs. He'll take a shot or two to Gabe Davis. And it'll actually, you know, Keenan, starting Keenan would be good for Devin Singletary and maybe even Naheem Hines because he's not going to run the ball like Josh Allen does. Um, you know, I, I'm nervous about Allen starting. I, I have him in one league. And I started Marcus Mariota over him last night. Got to be honest, when I went and looked, I was totally surprised after watching that game that Marcus Mariota got me 21.3 points. I was like, how the hell did that happen? It's like magic Marcus Mariota. He did have a couple passing touchdowns. It was crazy. I was like, wow, okay. Because when I was watching the game and I'm going, you know, I should have waited. You know, because I've got – it's a contract league and I got – Justin Fields on my taxi squad and I've got just enough room. I could have activated fields, but I'm like, I feel like I'm going to need that money to sign a free agent to help get me through the season. And so I'm like, you know, screw it. I'm going to start Marcus Mariota. And I I feel like I might've dodged a bullet there. Yeah. I'm, I'm nervous about Josh Allen too. I have a lot of shares. I still think though, with all of his skills, if he is active, I'm going to, I'm going to play him. I'll cry about it later, but probably going to play him. I'll be at the happiest place on earth, so maybe I won't cry. I, I am uh, taking the Bills. I don't think Allen's going to play, and I'm going to take the Vikings. I think I'm going to take the Vikings as well. Next up, game of the week, the 2-5 and five Detroit Lions at the 3-6 and six Chicago Bears. Dennis, DeAndre Swift's been back for a couple of weeks, but uh, hasn't had (laughs) – he's been available on the field. Uh, How are you feeling about DeAndre Swift? Uh, I'm nervous because he – 
he's supposed to be healthy. And but it feels like Jamal Williams has grabbed a hold of the running game in Detroit. Detroit's got a good offensive line. Um, when Amon Ross St. Brown is healthy, they've got one really good receiver. And so it seems like there should be plenty of opportunity for DeAndre Swift. And he's just not been able to stay healthy and get a full workload. I mean, he's not even getting a half a workload. Before the season started, my my prediction was that he was going to catch, I think, 75 or 80 passes. I thought he was going to get have an Alvin Kamara reception kind of year. And he's just not even playing enough to, to get that. So I'm nervous. If he's healthy, he's super dynamic, very explosive, catches the ball well, can run the ball. But man, he's got to stay healthy. And, and you know, I want to see it. Hopefully, hopefully this is the week he gets right. I know, or at least get some explosive plays. On the flip side, Matt, we've seen Justin Fields really uh, taking off. He's up to QB7 overall. Was QB1 last week. How are you feeling Stop. about oh, How are I you hope. feeling about his uh, weapons? Oh, not great. I thought I was hoping we were going to talk about how great I feel about Justin Fields. Um, I, I, I want to see what Claypool looks like. I don't, uh, you know, we talked again, referencing that, that trade show. We talked about him coming over there. Like, I do think he could help open things up for Fields a little bit more. I think he could help out Darnell Mooney as well. Uh, but I do think it's going to take him a couple of weeks to get into that offense and kind of become a solid asset, though I don't think he's a necessarily good wide receiver. Um, I just hope that, that Getsy allows Fields to keep doing what he did last week against Miami, and that's using the run game, just kind of letting him be him. And I, I actually think the weapons side of things is not going to matter because Fields will just make plays. Uh, I don't know if uh, you'll get the reference, Matt. I posted that meme on uh, Monday. I don't know if you saw it of um, the moments in the Marvel universe where I believe it was after the, um, I believe it was after the first Avengers movie where you see Thanos grab the infinity gauntlet and he says, fine, I'll do it myself and puts the gauntlet on, but it was Justin Fields face smiling inside. Uh, after Guardians. Maybe it was after Guardians. Uh, but it was Justin Fields' face smiling instead of Thanos and was holding the Infinity Gauntlet saying, fine, I'll just do it myself. Uh, I feel like that's where Fields is at currently in Chicago, and I think he's going to be the one who has to make plays until they're hopefully able to get him some weapons in the draft uh, this coming year. I actually don't mind the trio he has um, right now, though, and going against a softer Detroit defense could be good. I am taking the Bears. As am I. Me too. Next up, the game of the week, the three and five Denver oh, Broncos. Last game was the game of the week. Yeah, they're all the game of the week. It's, the fo- it's football. You, you know, as long as it's yeah, for the it's game bad. of the week for every franchise, you just got to keep saying it because, you know, for that franchise, it is their game of the week. Russell Wilson, fresh off of a, a week in Cabo, drinking nothing but Wolverine blood, takes the Denver Broncos at three and five into battle the five and three Tennessee Titans. Matt, we've got Chase Edmonds, Melvin Gordon, Latavius Murray. Pick your poison. None of them. That's, that's possible. Uh, no, I'd probably. Accurate. It's like death by a thousand paper cuts. I guess Murray. <laughs> Right? Like, he's probably the one who's going to get 
more of the workload. Like I thought it was going to be Melvin Gordon, but it just seems like they don't like Melvin Gordon for whatever. I don't know why they paid the dude in the off season if they don't like him, but I guess that's, you know, not my, you know, that's, I guess between. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. It's between Melvin Gordon and the Denver Broncos. I don't, uh, don't understand that. It's like uh, if you guys ever watch it, I'm going to bring this into it because Matt knows how much I like the show. If you, if you ever watch Love is Blind on Netflix, it's, uh, it's amazing, amazing drama TV show that I love. Like both Melvin Gordon and Denver Broncos were at the altar and you get a choice to say either I do or I don't and then walk away. And Melvin Gordon was like, I do. And so were the Broncos, but clearly they needed to say I don't because they did not want to be in love with Melvin Gordon. Uh, so I would definitely take Latavius Murray. If I had to pick one of the three, I'd rather not start it. I don't know why, but I'm leaning towards Chase Edmonds. Uh, <laughs> Who are some of the teams on by this week? Mm, Patriots are on by the Buc- uh, The Bengals are on by the Ravens are on by and the Jets are on by. Okay, I'd rather start Joe Mixon than any of the Denver Broncos running backs this week. Yeah, just to clarify. Uh, Dennis, on the flip side. No issues of running back for the Tennessee Titans, but beyond superstar Derrick Henry, is there anyone you actually want to play? No. Uh, maybe, you know, Traylon Burke splashed a little bit, and it looks like he's going to be back. But I I don't know how you can start anybody besides Derrick Henry in that Titans offense until you see somebody produce for a couple weeks in a row. Um Tannehill is just looking terrible. <clears throat> Even, uh, you know, Dontrell Hilliard uh, is probably the next best option there. And then you're looking at, what, three receptions at best? So, uh, no, you don't start anybody besides Henry. I'm going to do it. Take the Broncos. <laughs> Broncos for me as well. Same. The sad second half comeback that keeps Nathaniel Hackett as the head coach begins this week. Uh, on to the next one, which is I'm just going to say is a game. The two and six Jacksonville Jaguars at the six and two Kansas City Chiefs. Dennis, I don't know if you knew this, but Evan Ingram is somehow up to tight end twelve on the season. Should we be talking about him more? Well, he's had four tight end one games this season and been top 16 in four of the last five games. Uh, He's playing consistently and developing a a rapport with Trevor Lawrence. I think with Jacksonville, it's Christian Kirk. And then Marvin and Zay Jones just are not very consistent. Travis Etienne's getting his work. And that leaves um, uh, Ingram to just sort of be that medium floor, no real upside kind of player. So I, I think, yeah, you can start him. He's, I expect a, you know, tight end eight to 10 to 12 kind of range from him. He, he's a serviceable player. Matt, on the, uh, the flip side, we talked about a little bit on Monday, 12 carries, 14 yards among three running backs for the Chiefs. What are you doing with the Chiefs' backfield? Probably the same thing I'm doing uh, as the Denver Broncos' backfield. Start Joe Mixon and just be good to go. Um, 
I don't know because they keep saying certainty there, right? Exactly. At least you know, you know the 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 ceiling's not high, but the floor is really not going to hurt you either. I'm it's well like, established. Exactly. Um, they keep saying that Pacheco is going to be the lead back, but then if Jarek McKinnon gets more carries one week and more snaps, if Clyde Edwards Hilaire gets him like. I think if you have to start one of the three, I'd probably lean CEH because I feel like even though they keep saying he's not going to get work, like he's still at least been out there. But I, I really don't know. Like I really wish they would just choose one of them and go with it so that we as the fantasy community know what to do. But I, I think it really is still kind of up in the air on what they're going to do with these three guys. It's probably Jerk McKinnon. Uh, I am picking the Chiefs. So Same. Patrick Mahomes might be their leading rusher again. On to the next battle. The Cleveland Browns, fresh off a bye, three and five, head down to Miami to battle the six and three Miami Dolphins. Matt, David and Joke, who's been ruled out again. I know you're a big fan of Harrison Bryant. Any interest in playing him this week? Oh, probably not. Um, I really think that Cooper... So Cooper has actually been extremely good against Xavier Howard, I believe. He's had some of the best games of his career against him, actually. I think Cooper's probably in for a big game. And they may take some shots to Donovan Peoples-Jones, but I just don't see Brissett spreading the ball around a ton. Uh, uh, so if it were me... Like, if you if you have... Because uh, you... Uh, don't have any better options, fine, but I, I don't think he's going to be like a top position for you this week. Dennis, on the uh, the flip side, we saw Jeff Wilson come in and have a pretty good first game with the Dolphins. Do you like him or Raheem Mostert more in this backfield? No. <laughs> you know, now we're in that situation like we, we were in for so many years in San Francisco. You know, who the hell do you start? Both guys, when they're in there, they're playing well. Both guys are familiar with the offense. Um, and I, I get that they're going to – that maybe it's a hot hand situation, but how do you determine who has the hot hand when they both play well? So, you know, with four teams on a bye and some pretty good – running backs on a bye and injuries around the league, you're probably going to, if you roster one of the two of them, there's probably a 60% chance you're going to have to start at, start them in your flex. You know, it's a, it's a plug and pray kind of situation. The, the upside is that whichever one gets the work is likely to produce at least RB2 numbers. It's just, you know, can you place your bet on which one gets the work? You know, I still lean Mostert, but, you know, if if it's Wilson, I'm not going to be surprised. So we can probably be Gaskin. I am taking the Dolphins. I'm going to take the Browns. Uh, give me the Dolphins. 
Football fans, the first Sunday of the NFL season is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving new customers a can't-miss offer to celebrate the return of the NFL season. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. And as an added bonus for Week 1, everybody can experience the thrill of DraftKings with early win promotion. It's simple. Bet on an NFL team to win. If your team leads by 10 at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if the team ends up losing. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code TPPN, that is TPPN, and get $200 in free bets instantly. When you place a $5 bet this Sunday, that is code TPPN, only at DraftBook Sportsbook, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the descriptions for the episode for details. Getting one step closer. Well, you know. Congratulations to Houston Texans, two top five picks. Oh. On to those Houston Texans, one six and one at the six and two New York Giants. Dennis Brandon Cooks was not happy that he did not get traded. Said he really wants to win. Probably not happening in Houston. But if he's active this week, are you comfortable putting him back in the lineup? You know he's got such a long track record of producing. I got to think that after the you know trade deadline kerfuffle. If he's back in the lineup, that Lovey Smith's going to say, hey, man, you're my dude. Davis Mills, throw that son of a gun in the ball. So you know, they, they've got a solid running game. They can play balanced if they need to. Um, but their defense is bad enough that they're likely to be behind. So it would make sense that if he's playing, he's going to get some, at least a little bit of volume. You know six targets, seven targets, you know, maybe not 11 or 12, but probably five to seven at least. Might be all it takes. Man, on the flip side, the Giants like to run. They have Saquon Barkley. The Houston Texans can't defend the run. Could Saquon be RB1 this week? Yeah, I definitely think there's a very great opportunity for him to absolutely smash. I actually think Daniel Jones might be able to smash as well uh, in this matchup because of what he can do with his legs. Obviously he's been fair, more efficient than he has in the past uh, passing the ball as well, but Saquon should be in for a massive day today or today uh, on uh, Sunday. I think he's likely going to be the RB one or two. Of course, with the way this season's going, he's probably going to finish with like four points, and Damian Pierce is going to end up going off and being the RB1. But I, I do think Barkley's in for a great day. I am taking the Giants to surprisingly move to seven and two. Yeah, I think they get the As best. am I. Break out the Giants. The New Orleans Saints, three and six at the Pittsburgh Steelers, who are two and six. This is just one of the fine matchups we have this week. Game Matt, week. Chris. Yeah. Even Fox isn't selling this one as game of the week. Uh, Chris Olave is basically all the Saints have uh, in the passing game. Any concern for you, Matt, about him going against a, a decent Pittsburgh secondary? I think it's going to depend on where he plays. So 
Pittsburgh has actually given up a ton of fantasy points to the slot, and I wonder if they maybe move Chris Olave in there and get him away from the outside if Jarvis Landry isn't 100% and ready to go, or if they try and move him around a lot. There's also apparently a lot of talk that Jameis Winston may be back and playing this week over Andy Dalton. Apparently, oh uh, why? Dennis Allen was called into to the boss's office, Mickey Loomis. Um, they had some big meeting. I believe it was yesterday. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. Maybe they end up playing James Winston, which while I don't think is a good thing for the Saints team, I think it's good news for us in the fantasy world because James Winston will just like sling it all over the place. He's probably going to throw three touchdowns. We know he'll throw probably three interceptions as well. Uh, but I think whichever one ends up in the slot could have a good day um, against Pittsburgh because that team is just not – they're not the defense and they're not the team they used to be. Um, I, I, they're not, I think they're still top, they're top 20 um, against wide receivers on the outside, which is better, obviously a little bit better than half. Like they're not, not horrible, but against the slot, I believe they're like a bottom eight team. Like they're really bad against giving up points in the slot. Yeah. You know, it's a mixed bag. If they go back to James might not be terrible for passing assets, but it's definitely, he has not been as good for uh, Alvin Kamara. Dennis, isn't TJ Watt back this week? Oh, well, that's not, not good that. for anyone on the Saints. Yeah. No. Uh, on the flip side, Dennis, Ajay Harris, we've seen him struggle a lot this season. Came in a little bit banged up, finally got that bye week, got a little bit of rest. Do you think he picks it back up, or are they going to give a bigger share to Jalen Warren? You know, I think Warren is earning more opportunities. Um, but, I mean, the Saints give up the 11th most rush yards in the NFL. So the opportunity is going to be there. It Hopefully the bye week was an opportunity for Mike Tomlin and Matt Canada and whoever the hell the O-line coaches in Pittsburgh to kind of get some stuff straightened out there. Um, I, I think the downside is with Warren – it's going to be, you know, he's not getting force-fed the ball like he was last year and picking it down like Ben did. So you you have to put a ceiling on what you believe get, getting going is. I think if he rushes for 80 yards and catches two passes, I'm going to consider that getting going um, as long as the 80 yards isn't on 32 carries. I am. It might be on 32 carries. Uh, I am taking the Saints. Uh, I'm not. No, Nobody wants to win the NFC South. I'm going to take the Steelers as well. No, I'm going to take the Saints. I'll change my mind. Take the Saints. Another in a lineup of hideous matchups. Uh, the Indianapolis Colts, 3-5-1. and one. Head to Las Vegas to battle the two and six Raiders. Dennis Frank Reich is gone. Jeff Saturday is here. We're still not sure if it's Ellinger or Ryan this week. What are you hoping for or expecting from this new look Colts team? Uh, I am hoping for and expecting absolutely nothing. I mean, we have had more shit shows this season than I. That I can't remember how long they could come out. I'd like. I feel like they're they're going to come out and try to run the ball. Saturday is a former O lineman. 
And when you see the clips of him playing and, you know, Peyton Manning, you know, he's like, run the effing ball, yada, yada, yada. So I feel like he's going to want to try to run the ball. I think he recognizes um, Jonathan Taylor as one of the best weapons in the NFL, and they maybe should probably use him. So I think he's going to try to establish the run. Um, with quarterback, man, Ellinger is bad. And, and I get the whole, oh, they're tanking. You know, the, what the front office thinks and what the front office does, you know, the guys on the field, the guys in the locker room, they're not tanking. They're playing their asses off. Um, they're going to be out there playing hard. Uh, but, man, I, I'm in wait-and-see mode. I, I, I'm going to start Michael Pittman where I have him because, I mean, you, you kind of got to unless you – I mean, who are you going to start over? Michael Bandy because Keenan Allen is out again? Uh, you know, <laughs> you probably don't have a whole lot of better options if you drafted Michael Pittman. Um, so hopefully, you know, they come around a little bit. But, yeah, I'm in wait-and-see mode. It's a sad state of affairs. On the flip side, Matt, we've seen the the Raiders blow three games so far this season where they had a 17-point lead or greater. Is any lead safe with the Raiders? No. Um, maybe in this one because they are going up against the Colts. I do think it's technically a worse team, but I don't think that uh, – I don't know if this is McDaniel's. I, I don't know what's going on here. This is just well, I know I know you think it's for sure. Uh, I I it's just it's a bad team right now. What what's gonna be even more intriguing is they're right up there for a chance to get another quarterback. Like if if Las Vegas finishes with the top two pick, do they move on from Derek Carr and, and take a CJ Stroud or Bryce Young? Like I, I there's so many questions I have about this team. I think Outside of Seattle, which, again, I had picked, I believe, to get like one win on the season, this may be the other team that I was just 100% wrong on. I thought they'd be in the, the playoff conversation. Um, I just don't know what to think about them. I would I would hope that if they were able to get up on this Colts offense again, with if Sam Ellinger is starting, that they would be able to hold on to a lead. But I don't know. They're a bad team. The Colts are technically a game and a half up on the Raiders in the AFC That's standings. sad. I am taking the Raiders. So am I. On to the afternoon window games. We have the Dallas Cowboys 6-2 at the 3-6 Green Bay Packers. Still hard to believe that's the case. Matt, this offseason, it seemed like the Cowboys chose Michael Gallup and Dalton Schultz over Amari Cooper, dealing Cooper to Cleveland while they gave Gallup an extension and tagged Schultz. We haven't seen great year from Schultz, but we haven't seen much from Gallup since he's come back yet either. How do you feel about Gallup these days? I think he's going to be fine once he's able to start getting back into the offense. I mean, he's a guy that we've all liked. I know we've kind of propped him up at times um, in, in the Cowboys offense, and I expect him to be good. He's still coming back from a pretty serious injury, though. We know that he struggled with drops. But I do think he brings a element to that offense that is not there with C.D. Lamb. Like, C.D. Lamb is not the, the real deep threat that Michael Gallup can be. I also think Dak is still kind of working his way back into this offense, coming off the, the wrist injury. What I am going to be curious about is, 
or what I am curious about. It feels like we're going back to what this team was the first couple seasons of Dak, and we're like, it's lean heavily on the run, even though that offensive line is not there. And if they do that, I wonder if that hurts Gallup's value a little bit, but I think he's going to end up becoming the the number two in this offense. I just don't know that we see it this season. I think that's a, a future play for the Cowboys. I mean, Gallup has had five targets in three of four games since he has been back. The, the big issue is that there just hasn't been the yardage there, and he's supposed to be the down-the-field guy. So if he can get back in that 6-7 target range and, and make some plays downfield, I mean, he's had two four-catch games. He just has only put up 44 and 49 yards with no touchdowns. Dennis, the, the Dallas Cowboys have a good pass rush and a good pass defense. The Packers have struggled throwing the ball down the field and protecting. So what does this matchup mean for Aaron Rodgers and a flagging Green Bay pass offense? means he's going to check out of the run play and chuck it down the field where it lands helplessly at the 20-yard line. No, I mean. (laughs) It's probably not wrong because no Romeo Dobbs this week. It's Christian Watson, Stonehand Watson. Last year, I, I would have thought that, you know, there's opportunity for him to, to make some plays. Trevon Diggs, well, turning in a shit ton of interceptions last year, wasn't great in coverage. He was making interceptions because he was taking chances. This year, though, Diggs has turned it around and he's playing really, really well in coverage. And it's hard to get past him. And with not much as far as wide receivers go, it's going to be rough. And so unless they can be productive in the running game with Jones and Dylan, it's going to be a long, long day for Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. Wait, the Packers have a running game? I am taking the Dallas Cowboys. So am I. Give me the Packers. Next up in a loser leaves the playoff race game, the Arizona Cardinals at three and six travel to Los Angeles to battle the three and five Rams. Dennis Kyler Murray is banged up. He is officially listed as questionable. If he can't go, can the Cardinals still win without him? Can they win with him? That's my well, question. They barely can win with him. You know, and he's been dinged up, and we, you know we've seen in the past when Murray gets a little bit banged up, he doesn't play well. Um, now, DeAndre Hopkins has been playing great. Uh, Rondale Moore, much to my chagrin, has played well. Um, James Conner looked good last week. He was running hard. So I think the opportunity is there. The, the Rams defense is not playing at the same level that it did last year. Um, I, I'm, I've made no secret about it. I'm not a huge Murray fan, and they're – there are guys out there that say, look, if you start Kyler Murray, just don't watch the game, wait until the end, and the results will be there. And I get that, but, you know, I, I struggle. I don't think Murray is, is, you know, he's been fortunate, to say the least. Um, and I don't, I just don't think he has what it takes to carry the team. And I think that's what he tries to do. And I think sometimes maybe – Kingsbury asks that of him, 
And I just don't think that's the type of player he is. It's what he wants to be. I just don't think he's good enough. Looks like if he can't go, it would be Colt McCoy. So, On the flip side, Matt, another quarterback who uh, surprisingly is on the injury report, and that is Matthew Stafford, kind of got announced a couple days ago he's in the concussion protocol. I don't remember hearing anything in the immediate aftermath. He was limited in practice. If he can't go, it's John Wolford for the Rams. What would that mean for the Rams? And if Stafford does go, how confident are you feeling about him? Not at all. Oh wait, Matthew Stafford. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. if he if he plays, I feel fine. I'm sorry. I thought I thought you were saying something else. If he plays after what happened earlier this season with Tua, I don't think another NFL team is going to take a chance to clear protocol and put a player out there. So I think if he's cleared and out there, then I, I do believe he is good. If he's not out there, fade the entire Rams offense because I don't know what John Wofford's going to be able to do, even as bad as Arizona's. Well, they'll just lean on that run game with Cam. Oh, well, I had a Cam, Cam Akers breakout game. Here we come, 2022. Uh, no, I um makes me worried for some of the Cooper Cup shares I have, but I do believe if, if Stafford is if if he's out there, that he's good to go. As good as he can be, he's been bad this year. So. I'm taking the Rams. Same. So am I. Oof, what, a, what a lineup. The Sunday night game is an interesting matchup in theory. The Los Angeles Chargers, five and three, travel to battle the four and four San Francisco 49ers. Matt Keenan Allen and Mike Williams are out again. With them out, how do you feel about Hurt and what's left of this passing game? I feel for my boy Justin. Um, mostly because this Chargers team is an embarrassment upon the NFL. I don't know what is going on with this. What is it? The training staff that allows all these injuries to just have it's every year with the Chargers. They get all these injuries. They're going to cost me to get a dolphin tattoo. It is very, very frustrating. I honestly don't know what to think. Like, I and I honestly don't think Herbert's healthy either. Like. He has not looked the same this year, and and I don't want to blame it all on the ribs, but I do think it's that. And I would almost even bet you he's not getting shot up every game because he's afraid his lungs going to get punctured. So, like, I don't think this is going to be good at all for the Chargers if both those guys are out again. Gerald Everett's out there dropping wide open passes. DeAndre Carter was in the CFL a couple years ago. Like, it's just bad news. Like, you're... You're you're just hoping Justin Herbert hits a couple touchdowns if you're starting him and at least get you more than the nine points he's gotten you like the past two weeks in a row. I kind of would like to know what's going on with Keenan Allen because prior to the bye, they they said he was close to returning and, and had actually been out there testing it pregame before the bye, and they've had two games since the bye, and he's not even close to coming back. I don't it's get it. Old. Way to break my heart. Dennis, the last time we saw Christian McCaffrey, he threw for a touchdown, he caught a touchdown, and he ran a touchdown in for good measure. What is he going to do to the Chargers? Well, he's going to strap on his Captain America cape and grab his shield. He's going to go out there, and he's going to put up fantasy numbers. You know, they, they brought Christian McCaffrey in to take over their running back spot. He's been one of the best running backs in the league for several years now. 
uh, despite missing a couple of years, most of them anyways, catch the ball, run the ball. Um, it, you were talking about uh, Saquon Barkley being the RB1 this week. Uh, why not Christian McCaffrey? I mean, the dude's amazing. So I, I don't have any issues. I actually just traded for McCaffrey in a redraft league. Um at, at my detriment for the, the week because I traded for him on a bye week. I'm like, what the hell? I'm going to take this dude. Um, just seemed to make sense for me with the rest of my team. I could, I, I had a good enough record. I felt if I lost, I, I'd be okay. I'm still making the playoffs. And in the playoffs, I'm going to have Christian McCaffrey. Gosh darn it. Um, no, McCaffrey's the dude. Yeah, I actually, I ranked him and Barkley 1-2 uh, in running back. I think both of them. If you somehow got them both on the same team, blessings to you because those are two of the big time running backs who managed to remain in there and active. I don't know why, but I'm taking the Chargers. I don't know why either. That's just crazy, man. I'm taking the I just, 49ers. Yeah, I don't like the 49ers. I mean, neither do I, but I just, Justin Hurt, like, Justin Fields can be Thanos and do it all himself. I don't think Herbert can. Not now with as banged up as he is. Unfortunately, it just feels like this is the kind of game that Kyle Shanahan finds a way to lose, especially in prime time. While while I don't disagree with you, I don't think that. Um, God dang it! What is his name? Brandon Staley. Brandon Staley can find a way to win the game. He's a horrible coach. <sighs> I know. This is like the mediocre coaching off of California here. Uh, actually, both both of the, the the Rams and Chargers game are two mediocre coaching offs. So I like McVeigh, I guess. But uh, Monday Night Football: the Washington Commanders four and five at the league's only undefeated team, the eight and O Philadelphia Eagles. Dennis Tynan, not a great position. Logan Thomas was incredible two years ago, but does not seem to have much of a rhythm going with the commanders this year. Do you trust him in your lineup? Nope. You know, I picked him up a couple of weeks ago because I had bye weeks coming up for my tight ends. All I can say is thank God I picked him up a couple of weeks prior to the uh, actual buy. So I could see what the hell was happening. It's not been pretty. I, and frankly, given the way the commanders have been playing, I would have expected him to be in the six, seven, eight target range on a consistent basis and be able to produce. But it's just not there. Maybe it comes around this week finally, but uh, it's been disappointing. Matt, on the flip side, the Eagles are the only undefeated team still in the NFL. We're at the midpoint of the season. Is Jalen Hurts the MVP so far? Yes. I think you could argue he's the MVP overall now with the Josh Allen injury. Um, I think it was, I honestly think Jalen Hurts has been having the better year. And I think you could have argued Hurts over Allen after their loss to the Jets. Um, but I, I do compare the NFL MVP award a lot to like the Heisman um, on the college football side of things, where like narratives drive a lot of that, and I think Allen was like primed to win it because he, he sh- in my opinion, should have won it last year. Um, but they didn't give it to him. And I felt like, oh, well, they'll give it to him this year as long as they go on and win a bunch of games and win the AFC. I mean, they're the only undefeated team, and it's not like they're doing it because of the defense and run game. And Hertz is out there playing like Marcus Mariota, right? Like Hertz is playing amazing. I, I think he has to be. 
the midseason MVP. And I honestly, I think it's his, it's his, uh, what's the guy? His award. award. I, don't know. Yeah. I wanted to say why it was his position to lose. It is his award to lose now at this point with how well he's been playing. Yeah, I think at least we know it's not going to be Aaron Rodgers again. You never know. You know, he upset Josh Allen. Maybe he does it again. Oh, he upset him in the MVP. I was like, they lost that. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, 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 yeah. The MVP, yeah. I am taking the Eagles. So am I. So we have a minute here. We're at the halfway point. The Eagles are 8-0. We we obviously all think they're going to be 9-0. Do you guys think they go undefeated? Let me bring up the schedule here. All right, so they've got the Commanders this week, win. Colts next week, win. Packers the week after that. Oh, that's the loss, and that's where Aaron Rodgers wins the MVP right there. Yeah, one game don't win you the MVP. Yeah, you never know. Actually, Unless with sports writing the wishbone and yeah. Rogers rushes with, for with sports riders, it will because if Chris Collinsworth is voting, yeah. it might happen. Um, then that week thirteen, they've got the Titans. That should well, be hang on. really quick. I actually think they beat the Packers. It is at home. I was just kidding. Yeah. Like I think they beat the Packers. That was what I assumed. Uh, let's see, fourteen, the New York Giants. That was a division game. That. That'll and it's at MetLife, so that yeah. could be a loss. Uh, then the Bears, the way the Bears have been playing, you know, if they keep keep gelling, keep, you know, young teams can do weird things, uh, but they probably win that. Uh, then the Cowboys, that'll be a tough game, another division game. At home, yeah. Yep. Uh, then the Saints, that should be a win. And then the Giants again, so um, – you know, it looks like they probably are going to take a couple L's there along the way. That's a, I think they so, end up splitting with the Giants and lose to the Cowboys. If you put it at three, you're taking the over or the under. Under. Three losses? Yeah, if you say, if, yeah. if I gave you three losses right now, you got to take the over or the under, I think I would do the same. I'd take under. I think they at least lose two. I don't know that they get to four. Yeah, I think. I mean, it, it comes down like, if it's two and a half or three and a half, you know, you're taking the under at three and a half probably, but at two and a half, are you going over? Uh, I'm still taking the under. I think they lose two. I, I looked at the Same. schedule. I kind of played the scenarios out. I think they end up the, the one seed losing two games. Yeah. I mean, I, so I don't think that they lose to the bears. Uh, mostly just because I think that defense is good enough to slow down. Maybe maybe Fields and the offense continues to take steps forward. The only two games to me that I think are really losable are the Giants and the Cowboys when they play them away at, at MetLife and then at Jerry World. <clears throat> and if they split one, if they split that, then I think they possibly only lose one game on the entire season. Like they've played bad games so far this year. They they didn't play good against the, the Cardinals. They really didn't play that good against the Jaguars, right? But they found ways to win those games. Like, I think that team with the, the leadership by Hurts and how good that defense has been, like, they've already shown us they can win the tough games and the, and the games they don't necessarily play well in. So I think, really, it just comes down to those two. And, and maybe the Titans, too. Like, we keep underselling the Titans. Freaking 
no, just keep don't. going out there and winning. So, <laughs> but the Eagles have a really incredible rush defense, and that's where I think that kind of screws the Titans. And that's where you know, Titans Packers could end up being more of a toss. They have Packers Titans Bears will actually be tougher games. I think this Washington game could actually be. You know, division games are always a little bit competitive. Um, but to me, I think they, they just end up with where they're at. They end up losing a couple, but not more than two. So really quick, and I know this is not like a, you know, solid, like you've got to go buy this, but I, I just looked at all of them. The ESPN analytics matchup predictor thing. The Eagles are favored to win every single game left on the schedule. There's only one game that's even close. And it's a 54% chance for the Eagles to win that game. Let me double check that because I think they were predicted to lose. There's, I'm sorry, there's one game they're predicted to lose right now. 54 to 45. The rest of the games left on the schedule, the Eagles are predicted to win by more than 70% against every, every other game. You guys want to guess at what game they're predicted to lose? Giants game. Dennis? Cool. The Cowboys game on 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 Christmas Eve, fifty four percent to the Cowboys. The rest of them seventy percent to the Eagles. Seventy, even both Giants games, seventy percent. I mean, to be fair, the Giants are a great story, but they're an average team. I agree. Yeah. Well, we also are a great story and an average team. Yeah. Uh that'll do it for uh, for week 10. Hopefully you have fun out there, Dennis. People will probably have a lot of extra time if they're in a market where they get the Colts and Raiders. What should they do with that extra time? They should download and listen. They should rate and review. We love the ratings. Helps us helps us make some money. Um you know, it's we do it for fun, but you know, we don't mind uh being semi-popular. You know, now we're going to go back and you know, keep watching Twitter burn down. Ah, what a good time. Prepare for glory! I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. If you got your popcorn ready. I came out the wrong line ready. And he's hit the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored if you played football for this team. Throw it up above his head. They can't jump with me. Golly! Only tackle them the point line. Who can make a play? I can't. Who can make a play? I can't!